0: So, I've talked many times on this podcast about CRT, the curriculum choices of school boards, and woke. Books found in libraries across the entire nation. Many of you have asked about alternative library choices, and if you've never heard of the Tuttle Twins, you are in for a treat. The current political and economic climate is coming to a critical tipping point, and socialism's popularity is on the rise. And so, educating our kids about freedom is more important today than it's ever been. For more information about the Tuttle Twins and to take advantage of special discounted offers, go to heidistjohn.com forward slash Tuttle Twins. Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, February 7th. It's Mailbox Monday. Stick around. I think you're gonna be encouraged. So today is Mailbox Monday. And I'm gonna go ahead and just start going through your questions. I wanted to take a minute and just let you guys know how much we appreciate you sending in those questions to us at Mailbox Money and also give you an opportunity to do something else that would really help us. And that is to leave a review for this show. So if you've never left a review over at iTunes, we really would appreciate that. Or even at Spotify, you guys can leave reviews, tell people why you love the podcast and then share it. Share it on your social media. You can text it to people. Uh, we really wanna get this podcast out into the hands. of of regular, ordinary people like you and me who just need a shot in the arm every day and a little bit of encouragement. So a large part of what I'm trying to do here is give you guys access to the truth, you know, new ideas, kind of opening your eyes, encouragement from the perspective of a Christian. My husband and I have been doing this ministry now for a very long time, Friendly Planted Family, the nonprofit organization that is the host Uh, for the Firmland Planet Homeschool Resource Center. That nonprofit is uh, you know, 22 years old now. So we've been doing this for quite a long time. And I'm just gonna encourage you, I wanna hear from you. So the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you disagree with me, that's fine too. Uh, I wanna hear from you. So you can reach out to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. That's the way to do that. The verse today is from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter three, verses five to six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Uh, I live not too far from Battleground Lake and the paths around that lake, there are two different ways that you can get around the lake. It's a, it's a pretty decent hike. It will take you, you know, it'll take you an hour or so to get around it. Some of the paths are very crooked and muddy this time of year, and that makes them dangerous, I always like the straight ones because I under, I can see right in front of me where I'm going. There's nothing, nothing so crooked that I can't tell what's around the corner. And this is really what the Lord is saying. When you trust in him, he makes your path straight. So not only are you less concerned with falling off the path, but you can see the destination in front of you. So we know that we want a healthy marriage. Well, how do we have a healthy marriage? We follow the Lord, we submit to him and he makes our path straight. We want our children to walk with the Lord. Well, how do we do that? We teach them the principles that are found in the word of God. You know, as it turns out, the 10 commandments have been part of the founding of this nation. And we haven't been taught that. We've forgotten But that's what makes the path straight is by submitting to the Lord and trusting in Him and not leaning on our own understanding. Boy, if there's anything we've learned in the last couple of years, it's that we shouldn't be leaning (laughs) on our own understanding, right? We should be following the Lord and trusting Him. I'm going to jump right into your questions today. I want to let you know that... uh, we actually do try to get to every single one of your questions, and if you send something to me that 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 can't be, um, that I don't think is going to appeal to the masses, I probably won't read it. So, uh, so if you haven't heard your question read right on the air, it's either because somebody else submitted a question that was similar to yours and I just picked theirs over yours or because I didn't feel, or the staff didn't feel like it was gonna be applicable to a whole bunch of people. So those are the only two things that would keep you from having your particular question addressed on the air. I also really appreciate that when you guys send in comments or you hear something that I'll say and you might question it, like the mom who was talking about makeup for her daughter, I got a really interesting uh, comment from Katie here in Washington State. She said, hi, my my name is Katie and I live in Bremerton. I heard you discussing Running Start last week and I am in complete agreement with all the concerns you outlined. I just wanna give some other options for those who have students who are ready for college level work, but want to steer clear of the wokeness and other nonsense that has infiltrated our community colleges." Our 17 year old has been taking classes online through Grand Canyon University's dual enrollment program for high school students. Although not free, we believe it has been worth every penny as we've compared notes with our friends participating in Running Start. One example was the basic communications course where my daughter was taught critical thinking skills and how to properly scrutinize claims when crafting her speeches. Whereas at the community college, her friends were subjected to content that was centered around inclusivity and equitability and all the other craziness has become so prevalent today this has been a great fit for her because she takes two classes every seven weeks leaving time for her to take part in co-op electives youth group dance company and even have a part-time job in the studio additionally our son enjoyed liberty university's edge program online that was similar i agree wholeheartedly that college and high school is not the path for every student but there are alternatives to running star i hope to get to meet you someday and enjoy listening to your podcast during my treadmill time. Well, if you're on the treadmill, uh, Katie, I'm impressed, right? I've, I finally got myself back into an a, uh, an exercise routine that's working for me with my crazy busy life right now. And so I'm always encouraging people or telling me, hey, not only am I listening to your show, I'm exercising. So good for you. We wanna take care of our bodies. A couple of things. I really appreciate you pointing this out. I agree with you, Uh, HSLDA also has some wonderful college level uh, courses. If your kids are ready for college level work, there are dozens and dozens of wonderful alternatives that you can take advantage of, including Liberty University and Grand Canyon University. Uh, Katie, I'm gonna uh, challenge you on something. And so if you could find out about this and get back to me, I'd really appreciate it. I have heard from many listeners recently that Grand Canyon University is a little on the woke side. So I'd love it if you can say, oh no, it's not, or oh yes, it is, but it's only in this particular area. Uh, I read a question Maybe It's maybe been a couple of months ago where one of the listeners withdrew their child from Grand Canyon University because of that. So I'd like to hear about that. The bottom line is, and I think, Katie, this goes to your point, if we're gonna have our kids participating in education, wherever it is, you know, whether it's through the college or through, God forbid, the public school, or even in a Christian school, parents need to be aware of what their children are learning. That is the running start. So do your homework, know the curriculum, know who's teaching it. The Bible says in Luke six forty that when a student is fully trained, he will be like his teacher. And it's probably more important now than it's ever been for parents to be absolutely certain. I mean, you can lose your kid in college, right? Your kids can go and be completely, you know, uh, completely beguiled by a college professor. And we know, we all, you know, those of us who've gone to college know how much respect and admiration we had for our professors, for the instructors that we encountered when we were at college. Well, if these guys are peddling lies, parents should be on high alert. Caitlin from Ohio. Heidi, Candace Owens recently shared that the University of California Riverside is studying whether they can turn our produce into mRNA vaccine factories so we can, quote, eat our vaccines. Have you heard about this and what is the possibility of this happening? All right, I'm going to link back to a an article. There's several articles actually about this. I do believe it's true. It's called molecular farming and the argument is that if you can eat a vaccine, you know, these edible plant-based vaccines, they'll become cheaper, easier and quicker to produce than traditional shots. So, this is crazy. But it's true. And what they're saying is we wouldn't have to get shots anymore. You'd just be able to eat your vaccines in the future. And the article that I'm gonna link back to you is from the Genetic Literacy Project. These guys are definitely, so you know they're definitely pro-vaccine. So this isn't about whether or not you believe in a vaccine or you don't believe in a vaccine. I just wanna show you that the science is absolutely there for this to happen. So uh, they start off by saying, this is how we make vaccines currently. You know, we're all familiar with Pfizer, Moderna. These are two biotech companies that produce the most popular shots for COVID. These two vaccines are mRNA-based. And you guys heard me talk about uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who is can only be considered one of the fathers of the mRNA uh vaccine technology. And he is saying, this is very, very dangerous for children. The way that an mRNA vaccine works is that it delivers a piece of the virus's genetic code, which then triggers an immune response in the body. This way of making vaccines is pretty new. And Pfizer uh, fully was FDA approved to start doing which you know. Don't even get me started on the FDA just or the CDC or the NIH or the FBI or, or any of them, right? The CIA, goodness. Uh, so a more traditional way of triggering an immune response is with an inactivated vaccine like the flu shot. This type uses dead whole viruses. They've been killed or inactivated. With chemicals or chopped up into pieces, or both. And so, if they want to make inactivated vaccines, they use a live organism, such as chicken eggs and yeast, to grow the virus. Uh, then they go into the problem with that—that uh, that they're basically time-consuming and expensive. That's what they're. That's what they say. Did you know that my pillow is so much more than pillows? Jay and I recently switched to the My Pillow mattress, and we love it. You guys need to check this out because with my special promo code, you can receive up to 66% off all the products at the MyPillow store. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-447-0541 and use promo code Heidi. That's MyPillow.com or call 1-800-447-0541. Don't forget to use promo code Heidi to get up to 66% off all the products at the MyPillow store. Uh, the vaccines take according to the CDC six months or more to produce a large quantity of flu vaccines. Plant-based vaccines are produced in a similar way to inactivated vaccines, but instead of a chicken egg, the antigen is grown in a plant cell and instead of growing a whole virus, the plant cells just grow part of it that the immune system recognizes. so there's no live virus around to have to kill so they're they're giving you all kinds of reasons why they want to uh, why they want to start making these edible vaccines? They're cl- they're currently right now in the preclinical stage, and so nowhere near, I don't think, ready for the public's consumption. Although that didn't seem to stop anybody from uh, putting, you know, Operation Warp Speed into uh, into it. But they're going to say these are going to be snack sized vaccines, and they're going to have a wider range of vaccine options available through uh, these plant based vaccines that you supposedly eat. So to answer your question, and I'll link back to that article in the show notes today, to answer your question, Caitlin, yes, I believe that that's true. And uh, yeah, again, so many things concerning, but that wasn't really the topic today, but I do believe that's true. Brianna from New York. Hi, Heidi. I work for myself doing hair at a nearby salon. Half the staff wears masks and half of us don't. I have been asking my clients wearing a mask if they prefer that I wear one. Some say yes, but most say no, it's fine and continue to wear theirs. I'm wondering if I should just not ask that anymore, but I'm concerned I'll lose paying clients. I trust the Lord and I know he's the one that brings me the work in the first place. Also, last night, a judge here in New York ruled that mask mandates are unconstitutional. Yeah, you right. Ugh. Do you have any encouragement or suggestions? Should I just go for it and stop asking people how they feel if I don't wear it? Okay, so Brianna, a couple of things I wanna point out about your question. The first is I really appreciate your care for other people and your desire to tell the truth. So I'm only gonna tell you what I would do and I think everybody's listening to this is you know, rolling their eyes right now because you guys already know what I'm gonna say. I, I do not believe that participating in a lie is helpful for anyone. So to me, that's like saying, hey, you know, would you like me to play pandemic with you? Well, I don't wanna play pandemic with you. I don't wanna pretend that the mask works when I know that it doesn't. And so rather than have the conversation, I would just, I think the only way out of this thing is to just stop doing it. I really believe that's the, that's the only way home. The only way we're gonna find our way back out of the, the darkness and the lies and the sadness and the oppression and the stupidity of this is for us just to stop participating in it altogether. And so it's why I told you, you know, a lot of you guys think that I'm just this super unafraid, nothing ever bothers me, you know, mom who just goes everywhere without a mask. Well, that's not actually true. I don't like it any more more than you do when I was at Costco the other day. I'm telling you what, just the anxiety and just I'm waiting for someone to yell at me. But the fact is I will not participate in this. The only time I ever wear a mask is to get on a plane. I know a lot of you think that that's, uh, that's hypocritical of me, but that's how I know that you don't fly for a living. So a lot of you are in a position where you have to wear the mask at work. And to me, that's a different, that's a different thing. So if you're not being forced to wear that thing right now for work, I would say I wouldn't participate in it at all. All right, Debbie from Idaho has a question about the Sabbath. She said, Heidi, observing the Sabbath is one of the 10 commandments. So obviously it's important to God. I do understand that we are no longer under the law, but I still don't understand why we don't honor this commandment and follow it, especially since we honor and attempt to follow the rest of them. So the so it begs the question, you know, what is the Sabbath? Well, the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week and the children of Israel were required really to rest in remembrance that God created the universe in six days and then rested on the seventh day. However, this has been, uh, I think, misinterpreted and it's become kind of the linchpin of some Christian groups and so then the meaning of the Sabbath has gotten confused. So there are several Christian groups, such as the Seventh-day Adventists, who view the Sabbath as the day of worship. And this is the day which Christians should attend church and worship services. These, these groups typically also teach that no work is to be done on the Sabbath. So the concept of a day of worship is sometimes more emphasized than a day of rest. Well, originally the Sabbath was a day of rest. And that purpose was retained in, in the Mosaic law. So under the old covenant, sacrifices were made daily at the tabernacle. Uh, The quote worship was continual and there were special commands given to Israel regarding a sacred assembly that was to be held on the Sabbath. So the keeping of the Sabbath was a sign of the covenant between Israel and the Lord. I'm gonna read to you now directly from gotquestions.org and I'm gonna link back to two articles, which I think are excellent Uh, as we discuss this, the New Testament records Jews and converts to Judaism meeting in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Obviously, no work, with no work being done on the Sabbath day, the Sabbath day would be the ideal day to have organized worship services. However, the New Testament does not command that the Sabbath be the day of worship. No church is under Mosaic law. The church, as you just alluded to in your question, is under the new covenant, the church today. This was established when Jesus was uh, crucified on the cross and resurrected. The Bible nowhere describes Christians setting aside the Sabbath as, as the day of worship. The only scripture that describes Christians in any sense meeting on the Sabbath are in fact pointing to evangelistic efforts at Jewish synagogues, which do meet on the Sabbath day. The Bereans, Uh, as noted in the book of Acts, particularly in Acts 17, studied the scriptures every day. And that's what we should be doing. That's the heart behind MomStrong International. And 1 Corinthians 16, two, both mention Christians meeting on the first day of the week, but there's no evidence in the New Testament that the apostles or the early church in any sense observed the Sabbath as the prescribed day of worship. Uh, I think it's true that Christians typically, what we know of in, in the modern church, Uh, have corporate uh, worship services on Sunday, which is the first day of week in celebration of Christ's resurrection, which according to Matthew 28, Mark, Mark 16, and Luke 24 occurred on a Sunday. So it's important to understand that Sunday is not the commanded day of worship either. There's no explicit biblical command that either Saturday or Sunday be the day of worship. And in fact, uh, scriptures such as Romans chapter 14, verses five and six, which says, one person esteems one day as better than the other, while another esteems all days alike, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. You guys see what I'm saying? Uh, Colossians chapter two, verse 16 says, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So Christians have the freedom to observe a special day. Uh, God's desire is that we worship and serve him continually every day, not just on Saturday, not just on Sunday. So I'm going to link back to some of these articles. There's a wonderful article uh, on the Sabbath day and on keeping the Sabbath that I will link back to in the show notes today. But this is a great question. And these are questions that I would say are not ones that carry eternal significance. I don't like to see the church divided over them. We have so many issues that are very, very important inside of the church and out right now that Christians need to be on the front lines of. This is not what I would consider to be a frontline issue. So I would be I would be careful with how you handle that, but I hope I hope that that helps you. It's certainly, you know, these are conversations that we have uh, talked with our kids about, but I want to keep you back always to scripture. And I'm gonna end there today again with Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. And Romans 14, verse five says, one man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And I think that these scriptures make it clear that for the Christian, Sabbath keeping is a matter of spiritual freedom and not a command from God. Sabbath keeping is an issue on which God's word instructs us not to judge each other, and it's a matter about which each Christian needs to be fully convinced in his or her own mind. And so, again, I appreciate the question. If you guys have questions that you would like to uh, have addressed here at the podcast, you can find me at heidestainjohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I wanted to encourage you again. We are beginning a study, we just started it, it dropped today at MomStrong International. We're gonna be working our way through the book of Ephesians. We're gonna be studying unity and why it is so important. How can we find unity in a culture that is so divided? The answers lie in the word of God. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of Mailbox Monday and I'm gonna come back tomorrow and we're going to chronicle COVID-19 and its ever-changing standards and arbitrary truth that we see in the discussion. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Love your families well, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.